Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. It's been a while since I had a medium on the show, so I am excited for today's conversation with spiritual medium Erica Gabriel. Erica is a spiritual teacher, wayfinder, and medium. Her lifelong journey has led her to delivering powerful messages from the spirit world. Because Erica believes everyone can work with spirit, not just her, she has just released a three-lesson course called The Way. You can also tune in to Erica's popular podcast, You Are Not Alone, as she delves into, along with guests, all aspects of spiritual connection. Since professionally starting as a spiritual medium over 14 years ago, Erica has been featured in publications all over the world, like the New York Times, Goop, Forbes, InStyle, and many more. She has read for thousands of people coming from different countries, religions, background, and beliefs. Welcome, Erica. I could really, really use your help. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to my season five opener, go back and listen to that. I need your support. You can go to Patreon and put in Dr. Amy Robbins, and there you can find different levels in which you can support the podcast financially. At this point, I have no ads, I have no sponsors, and it would really, really help me out if you've gotten something out of this podcast, if you could donate or even $20 a month to help support the podcast. I'm continuing to work to try to get sponsors, to try to get advertisers. But until that happens, I need your help. And there are other ways to support the podcast. You can like the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate and review the podcast. I always love reading your reviews. They're really heartwarming to me. And it's the emotional currency that I get from providing you with this resource. So please, please take a moment help me out here. You can also find the links in the episode notes as well as on my website at dramyrobbins.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Well, we're going to have fun today. I, oh. I know because we were having fun before talking hair and makeup. So Now that we're actually like rolling, let's start by talking about what exactly evidential mediumship is and how it is applied and how you you use it in your work. Yeah, I mean, I think the amazing thing about mediumship is, um, you know, a lot of it is bringing to it what what you want. But what's so special about evidentiary mediumship is basically that there's specific things that come through that really resonate with the person so that mentally, spiritually, and on a soul level, on a cell level, they have that acknowledgement and that understanding that their loved one is with them, right? So I always say, you know, mediumship is not being a magician Mm -hmm. or trying to guess something or get anything right or even wow people. It's not like a wowing situation. But having something specific that comes up that only you and the person can validate that has crossed over it's such a healing moment, right? Mm-hmm. Because our mind, everything in our mind tells us 
no, this can't be real. I have a desk here. I have a chair here. We're talking makeup. It's like, we just want to, you know, our minds just want to kind of stick with what we see and what we know. And so our minds work against us in some ways saying like, how could that be? You know, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. But if you allow certain messages in your soul knows and your soul knows they're right. So evidentiary mediumship would be, you know, specific details that come up in a reading that brings someone real peace and healing. So what is an example of that? Well, I have a lot of, I have over 15 years of examples. When I read, I don't remember after I read. So like the people I read for this week, I don't remember their faces or names. I know that sounds weird, but it's No, true. no, I get it because when I've done the work, it's the same for me. And they come back, you know, I kind of liken it to like when you have a baby and you like remember the doctor who delivered your baby, but like you go and see them and they have no recollection of you if they yeah, weren't a doctor totally. the whole time. Yeah, and you're like, totally. oh, that was the most important moment of my life. Totally. And they don't remember. It's like, like a similar. It all looks the same to me. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> but the idea is, so, so I released that, but there are certain memories of situations that have stuck with me over the years. So I was reading for a woman. She's so lovely. She's a teacher actually here in Pennsylvania. And I remember that. Um, and I think I remember her because she wrote me a testimonial. I'm trying to be like, mm-hmm. how do I remember? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was just so sweet. And her husband crossed over. They had three little kids. And obviously she was completely devastated. And her husband came through and and we were kind of connecting and talking and he kept on dangling necklace in front of my eyes mm-hmm. and it was like a heart necklace and he mm-hmm. kept dangling it in front of my eyes and I was like he's bringing up the the heart necklace he gave you and she was just like no like he didn't give me a heart necklace I don't have a heart necklace from him and he kept on showing me no 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 tell her about the heart necklace and I was just like, you know what? He just still has this heart necklace. Like, it, 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 did someone give it to you? Did your grandma? Is it your grandma's? Is it his mom's? You know, he's showing it to me. And she just kind of like stopped and burst into tears and realized that her new boyfriend gave her this heart necklace. Mm-hmm. And she felt so guilty wearing it. And she just tucked it away and threw it in a drawer. And her husband was trying to say, you wear that necklace, move on. This is a good person, move on. Mm -hmm. So there's specific details like a necklace and an exact picture of a certain heart necklace. And those details bring, brought her so much healing. She she felt like she could move on and that she had kind of the validation from her husband that Mm -hmm. she could move on with her life and love someone else Mm -hmm. and that he was okay with that. Mm -hmm. One of the things you and I talked about when we talked before was how someone takes, and I think this is really important, how someone takes that information that they receive in a medium reading and what do they then do with it? How do they then kind of integrate it into their life rather than have it be, oh, that was really cool. My, you know, dead husband just came through, Mm -hmm. but how do I, how, how would one really make a change that they need to make and not go back and doubt that that message was real. And that was something that they need to do. Yeah. I mean, grief and spiritual um, expansion is such a journey and it's such a journey over time. I think the idea, you know, that you can get a lot from readings, if we're just talking about connecting with loved ones here, is that when you think about your loved one here on earth, and that they're not here, and all the things you're missing, and how sad it was when they crossed over, and how horrible it was to see them sick or dying, and just all the horrible kind of things, and maybe they were in pain. 
you're just in such a, a painful spot and in a low vibration and, and it's grief and no one gets out of grief, by the way, no matter how, what medium you are, what spiritual person you are, no one escapes grief. Speaking of speaking to each other, I'm typing as you're talking, what is your relationship with death as a question yeah. I want to ask. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, clearly we're, we're thinking yeah. the same, Yeah, but, but keep going. And, and the idea is you can acknowledge those feelings and that connection to that person while they're on earth, but talking to them on the other side gives you somewhere to go because you can think of them now. Mm. You know, I'm sad for what that was and you're grieving, but then if you can find a way to listen to your intuitive voice and remember maybe what happened in the reading and you remember they said that they were, you know, feeling really good or they were dancing or they were sitting on a beach or whatever it may be that they brought through to validate where they are, what they're doing. If you can give yourself a moment to remember how they are now and that they're in spirit, you you can have a place to go a little bit with your grief, that they're okay. Mm. And that's what readings can do that are so powerful mm-hmm. is that when we're just in the depths of despair and depths of in depths of grief, and then we go, oh, right. But I know that, you know, my mom said, you know, she was with her sister and she loves her sister. And they're actually sitting on the chairs they used to love to sit on, on their dock and like, but she's okay. She's okay. And so what happens in that moment when someone feels, oh, but I really would rather have her here. I know she's okay there, but like, that's not helping me. I want her here. Yeah. And and so is the human experience. Mm -hmm. No one can take away things from you. You can always learn and you can grow and you can go on a spiritual journey, but no one cannot make you have grief. I mean, that that's what I was saying earlier, you know, grief is part of the human experience Mm -hmm. and we chose to come here and be humans at this time in this life. So some of those things you don't get to escape, but you can find tools and have other ideas and understandings to help you on that path Mm -hmm. to make it a little less painful. What do you feel like blocks people from being able to connect on their own. I get this question a lot. You probably do too. I I so badly want to connect with my mom, but I just can't. Or, you know, my child or my husband. I just I just can't can't connect with them. I I want a sign, but I'm not getting a sign. Why won't they give me a sign? Yeah, and usually it's so funny like in so many families it's like, gosh, I'm so people are like I'm so spiritually open and this and 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 my mom only comes to my sister who doesn't even believe in these things. And, you know, I think the idea is, um, you know, for anyone listening that wants to connect, I mean, there's all kinds of answers to this question because, you know, are you trying to connect with a specific person or, but the idea is if you want that spiritual connection is like, don't focus on the end result when you're trying to connect, just start to practice connecting with yourself yep. and quieting your mind. And as you learn to quiet your mind and connect with your inner voice, the amount of connections and opening that can happen is amazing. But if you're like, connect, 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 you're actually slamming the door shut with the worry, the anxiousness, the frustration, things like that. Don't worry about connecting with your loved one at first. Just focus on quieting your mind and connecting with yourself. And from that, other connections will blossom. Well, and I think that that's so smart because I think when we're in the real throes of grief, we might be so disconnected from ourselves in that grief that I think can block you from connecting. Absolutely. Just stay present in your process, you know, stay present where you are, stay present, you know, in, in your grief other than, you know, trying to connect 
right? Outwardly focus Mm -hmm. on your own path and your own moment. And that will really, really help. How do you recommend people get assistance from spirit? Is it, you know, once you've done that, like what you're saying, connecting to yourself, do you ask questions? Like what does the practice look like for you? I'm a little bit of a funny person to because of what I do and have done for so long, but connecting with spirit, like if, if someone is wanting to connect with spirit, I mean, step one is just finding the tool that quiets your mind. That is right at the door. So if you are in mental chaos a lot and you're anxious and feeling this and your mind is racing, I mean, the first thing to do is find a way to quiet your mind. And people are like, eh, okay, okay, okay. But give me the answer. It's Mm -hmm. like, listen, if you want true spiritual connection, you cannot bypass these steps. You may have, you may be able to do tricks. You might be able to be like, I want to see a red cardinal or I want to, you know, let me just try and really force my grandma to talk to me or something like that. You can play tricks with the universe whenever you want. But if you want to be able to have true spiritual connection and open and close your connection, don't worry about anything, but finding a way to quiet the mind. So quieting the mind, I mean, can be different for all people. Some people sit in a corner and say, oh, for an hour. And it's amazing. I personally can't do that, you know, but if you find a way even to calm your mind for 10 deep breaths, you're on your way. Mm-hmm. And once you begin to quiet your mind, I think the best thing to do is to start to create a vision of a sacred or a happy place that you can go to. So you start with quieting the mind and then the mind will want to race, but you want to rein the mind back in with the breath and focus on a happy place. So like, say your happy place is a beach. I want you to picture that beach, picture the water, picture the sun. What does it smell like? What does it look like? Create a happy space. And that's your happy place. And you can go back there anytime you want. And I would really work with quieting the mind and going into your happy place and experiencing that because that's a visualization. And visualizations keep us a little bit longer than meditation. Most of us, maybe some people that are listening are master meditators and I I honor you. That's awesome. Um, But find your happy place. And go there to bring yourself kind of to a still place, to a better feeling place, your body to a calm place. And then if you're wanting to move on in your spiritual exploration, that's where I would suggest going in and meeting your spirit guides in your happy place. I didn't even ask you because I was so excited to dive into to the questions. What? How did you come to this work? You have to get your mind and body <laughs> cooled down to be able to make that connection. So, you know, I think there's obviously there's so no much- pill for this. There's no, pill right. There's no magic bypass bridge. Um, but, but especially if people are just starting on their spiritual path, don't worry about the end result. Just work on getting yourself present, mind, body, spirit in one place. And those are the two big steps I would take. Um, so let's see. So I was, um, born a medium. I started noticing I was a medium when I was about seven, kind of went on a wild goose chase for my whole life, trying to figure out what I was seeing, sensing and feeling. And I thought I went to every church, every rabbi, every priest, Mm -hmm. every religion, every cult, everything I could find to try and figure out what it was, because from a very early age, I could see things, feel things, hear things and know things that I couldn't see, you know, that, that weren't, Right. Visible to others, I should say. Right. Right. And even when I was like seven and my parents moved into a new house, I was seeing a little boy around the house. Mm. And I told my parents and they're like, no, there's no little boy that lives here. And they later found out that a little boy had drowned on that property. Mm. So always with me. And it was a lot of fear because I just felt that I was haunted and then started to open up into different healing arts. As I said, I was actively searching. I've been 
devout to God my entire, even at a very young age. It was funny. I was reading my journals from when I was like 12 recently, and it's all about God and all about spirit. And this Mm. is kind of been my lifelong path. So I had to figure out what that meant and what that was. And um, I saw a medium and she was like, oh, right. You know, you're a medium, right? And I was like, yes, but no, but yes. Mm, Thank you. Someone like seeing you, right? She like gave me a back scratcher to a itch on my back. It was like already available and present, but she kind of tied the bow on the present a little tighter. Um, And then within two weeks, I had people knocking on my door. I had a bungalow right off Melrose in Los Angeles. And I started reading within two weeks. Hmm. That was 15 years ago. Do either of your parents have the ability? Um, Well, my dad's a doctor. I think he has an amazing intuition with people. I think he's an incredible healer. He's retired now, but he was an incredible healer in his life. What kind of doctor was he? Um, Well, he was a pulmonary specialist for a while. And then he was a geriatrician for a long time. And he was a tenured professor at Medical College of Pennsylvania as well. So he has an amazing career. He's an incredible healer and and teacher. And uh, my mom and my whole, all the women on that side of the family are extremely sensitive but no one's a medium and has taken the reign to, mm-hmm. to the spirit world quite like this. Yeah. So, so after that, um, I had to figure out what was a ghost and what was a loved one and what was an ancestor and what was a spirit guide and what was a spirit animal and figure out who the hell I was talking to. Right. So I had to figure out how to manage and have huge boundaries. And also, you know, as a medium, you have to be a safe person for someone to open their energy to you. I've come across mm-hmm. so many people that want to be healers or want to be mediums or want to be, and it's not a negative, but they are not a safe person for someone to completely open up their energy to, because they don't actually know how to navigate energy and they don't know how to navigate who and what they're talking to. So they're actually really dangerous. Mediumship is a beautiful thing. It is light filled and it is safe, but you have to do it with someone that's safe and that knows what they're doing. It's, it's not a toy. You know, that is so important. And I want to dig into this a little bit more because I think certainly with social media and everything that, you know, people have access to, and I opened up my listener questions and someone asked, how do I find a good ethical medium? And I think when you and I spoke before and I shared why I wasn't doing mediumship, that integrity was so important to me in this work because it's people are coming to you in this very, very vulnerable state. They're coming because they want to connect with someone they lost and they want to be able to move forward from that grief in some way. And yet there are a lot of people out there who claim that they can do the work, but can't really do the work. So how, how do you recommend when people are looking, like what questions can they ask? How can they know from just a website Yeah. Um, Anybody can plunk a testimonial on there and say. Mm -hmm. True. I mean, well, first and foremost, I just want to say like so many, you know, certain mediums that I've met is like, they have the nicest intentions. These are not bad people. No, no. Right. And in fact, what's really sweet is like, they feel they have this ability and they instantly want to help people. And that is such a beautiful thing. Most people that I've met just have such a heart for others. It's a beautiful thing, right? It's just they're not well trained, you know, and that's okay. That, that that's fine. It's just maybe don't go read for other people. You know what I mean? Just read for friends and family for a while and and really develop your skill. So I would say for people, um, I would really 
only work with a medium if you felt drawn to them. There's no other way to know. Mm -hmm. And if you go, I don't know, does she seem good? Does she not? Don't get the reading. And maybe go back to what you were talking about, which is sit quietly and tune into yourself. Correct. First. Don't, don't, don't go re with a medium like that. You know, you're like, I don't know. You know, there is no, listen, I could go to a hairdresser that I'm like, she did my friend's hair. It looked cool. She seems cool, whatever. And get a shit haircut. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, you don't know for sure. But if your intuition is telling you something doesn't feel comfortable here, then move on. It's okay. You don't have to see that medium, you know? And I think also too, what's really interesting is too, the timing has to be right as well. So like some people will find me and they'll have a reading and they're like, when can I get a reading again? Can I call you like once a month or whatever? And I'm like, do whatever you want. And then like, I hear from them again in five years, you know, cause that's, mm -hmm. that was the actual timing that was right for them, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so you have to find out what time the timing for you and who you feel comfortable with. That's just the only way to do it really. Is your experience that when spirits cross over, they're happy? So my experience is that there are a lot of happy spirits. They're usually reunited with a loved one. They usually feel a lot better. And also at times, there's a couple of things that happen. One, the person is really still kind of half looking at their life, half in spirit and really reviewing their life, their choices, what their soul came to earth to do. And if they fulfilled that. So sometimes we're tangled up a little bit before we're, you know, people like they're at peace, they're at peace, they're at peace. No, every spirit that I read for is not at peace. It doesn't mean they won't be. It doesn't mean that they're an angry spirit hunting your house. It just means that their soul may need a little more time to process that life and the impact they made, et cetera. So there's sometimes that review phase. Mm -hmm. The life review people have heard me probably talk about before. Yeah. So I definitely see some people like that. And then I also have the amount of suicides that I've read for in the past two years have been just astounding to me. So a lot of times there's a lot of unfinished business happening there. When I say unfinished business, I don't mean like they need to come and tell me someone murdered them. Like it's, it's nothing salacious. It's like, they really, really, really want to connect or bring some peace and healing to those that are still living and missing them. So yes, everyone will be okay. But I do truly believe that sometimes there's things that they're kind of sifting through or working through that doesn't feel as peaceful. How do you negotiate understanding an accidental, like an accidental overdose or something with a soul contract? What do you mean? Like, like if they didn't fulfill what they were supposed to do or, or yeah, you know, I mean, I thinking about, you know, how many young people, people right now that are experiencing accidental overdoses that they took one thing and it was laced with fentanyl or something and they wasn't supposed to happen like this. Mm. And from the, the soul contract perspective, but what are you seeing in those situations? Like, cause it, oftentimes does feel like it wasn't supposed to be like that. How do we negotiate that from the spirit perspective, but also from the human perspective? Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know your exact definition of soul contract, you know what I mean? But, but I would just say like, you know, not everything is predetermined by any means whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, accidents happen horrible things happen to people that weren't pre-planned. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So sometimes in this, like in, in the whole spiritual realm, it's like everything that's in your life, like you brought. And I'm like, 
that little girl who has cancer, who's seven, she brought cancer to her life. I mean, let's not, why do we need to go there? Like, right. why? Right. who is that serving this family? Like, I don't know. So, so I, I do believe very bad things happen. I mean, the earth is the most amazing place. It's incredible. And there's massive amounts of positive, beautiful energy happening all the time. Is there negative? Is there scary stuff too? A- absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can choose which one you want to contribute to and focus on. So bad shit really does happen. Not every death was predetermined by some contract that we signed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't, you know, predetermine that I was going to wear this black turtleneck. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like, there is a lot that is choose your own adventure in life. I've seen some people come to earth. They have like one lesson. Literally, they come here for one thing and the rest is choose your own adventure. Their spouse, their this, their that. There's nothing predetermined. They're really, they have one main thing that they came, their soul came one more time to get or to learn and then they're kind of out. So not every single detail is predetermined, truly. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are, some are absolutely. And there are such things as accidents and all of that. Um, And some people I've met, you know, they have like a lot of things that were predetermined in their path. Like, that person that they met, that job so that they could help these people so that mm. this, you know, there's some people that are, have a huge spider web of really specific things, but I, that isn't, doesn't hold true. Excuse me for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how would you know that? For someone else or for? No, how would, how would I know that for myself? Is I that mean, something I would know? You mean your own soul's contract? Mm-hmm. Is that something they would know? without having that experience of a soul regression or something like that. I don't know. I, it would be awesome. I mean, I have no idea if someone would know that. I think that'd be so cool. I think everyone's so different. You know what I mean? So some Mm -hmm. people come here and they know their purpose. They know what they're here for. They're like, I just know I want to be a, let's use doctor, right? Cause you're a right. doctor. It's like, I have to be a doctor. I know it. Like some people do, they know in their soul, like, this is what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm seated here as a spiritual medium and as a spiritual teacher. That is, there's no question. It's so mm-hmm. straight. Right. Um, so yeah, some people I'm sure could know their soul, soul contract, you know, or I think a lot of people too, sometimes they just come and like, you know, they're in a soul contract with someone else and they really are here to bring through like their son and help them because in a past life, their son helped them do something. I mean, there's all kinds of karma and soul contracts, but the amazing thing is, is that we are in charge of our lives. We're in charge of our destinies Mm -hmm. and we can shift or change if we don't like something. Mm -hmm. And that's real. Mm -hmm. There is no man with a beard sitting on a throne judging us we're in charge. So Mm -hmm. if your soul is like, I don't like this, you can change it. Mm -hmm. And that's empowering. Because I think a lot of people, particularly in the spiritual space can default to, yeah, I, this was just my contract, or these were the stars I was born under or whatever it is. And they feel like they can't shift or change or that they've relinquished control to something greater than. And it's, that's where free will comes in. Well, that's victimhood. Mm-hmm. They're in victimhood so that they don't have to grow or move forward. Oh, this is what God put on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no power here. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a victim for the world from spirit, from my soul contract, from, I have people tell me, oh, well, I'm a star seed 
So this life is going to be hard for me because I'm not even from here. And it's like, don't even go there. The star seed has come up a couple of times in yes. recent interviews. I'm like, what's the star seed? And I'm business? like, what the is star seed? I don't know if I can curse on this, but you know, and I'm like, guess what? I don't know what star you're from, but guess what? You're on earth right now. And you came here with a body and a mind and a spirit and a purpose. So let's find what that is and move on. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like you spend your whole life thinking that, you know, you're under some terrible contract and you're not even from here. You're a star seed. Okay. I mean, so if you're seated here from a star to help people, how are you helping people by just thinking this sucks and you don't want to be here? Right. Right. So I think the problem that people are missing with spirituality is that they don't understand that we are connected. We have a direct plugged in line to the divine and to God and that God is in us all around us, connects us all and is running through us. And we're a part of that. And we chose to come here. So finding a way to quiet your mind and listen to your intuition and find your purpose is worshiping God. If you find why you chose to come here and shine it out, whether that's to be a mom, to be a dad, to be a star, you know, a celebrity, to be a writer, to be a teacher, to be a doctor, if you find what your purpose is and why you're here and you remove all the blocks that are mind effing you from doing what you truly came here to do and you shine that, that is true spirituality. That is true worship to God because God is with you and you're plugged into God. Mm-hmm. So finding why you're here and finding a way to you know, move your life forward is true spirituality, not sitting and staying home in a corner. Yeah. You know, although that's very nice too, but yeah, I might do it right after this. Yeah, Um, I haven't meditated yet today. What you're saying is so resonant with me and exactly how I think about all the work and, and tell us a little bit about how the way came to be. Cause I think this is what you're talking about is like, how do we find our way? If you, like I said, can find your way to your purpose or even, I mean, the way my course, it's three lessons followed by concrete tools, right? That help support these lessons. Cause it's very, it's grounded. Everything I do is very grounded here on earth because we chose to be here. Mm-hmm. So I think with, with the way it's like, we can sometimes think, wow, that sounds so nice. I want to have my purpose or I want to have my soulmate. I want to meet my person or I want to feel better. Right. But I just don't know the way to get there. And when mm. you start to take that journey, you start to bump into all of these roadblocks. Sometimes you don't even realize it's a roadblock. So the way is this opening of self-reflection and understanding, followed by concrete down-to-earth tools to help you kind of move through those blocks and access your true potential. Mm-hmm. And it came about because so many people after COVID and in life, right, are just like, oh, now I, I'm coming back to the world, but the world I created, I don't really like it. I want something different. I don't even know what that is. And I feel too guilty to ask for it. And I don't have the time and I don't have the money and I'm a victim. I just have all these false agreements and realities about myself. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even see where I want to go. Something I always ask people is if you got everything you've ever wanted tomorrow, would you be ready? 99.99% of people answer, hell no, absolutely not. And then I say, well, what do you want? And they go, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So even like, sometimes it's like, well, if you got like your perfect man or woman, you know, that wanted to be with you, would you be ready? And people still say, I I, I don't think so. 
because I don't feel good within myself. I have to figure out what that looks like and what that right. is, right? Right. Or say you want to have, you know, a bustling design firm, right? That would be your dream. But you have so many blocks in your way. It's almost like, okay, if I gave you a bustling design firm tomorrow, would you be ready for it? It's like, no, I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know how to match that person. Mm-hmm. And so part of the way will help you move through your blocks and then match the person that really has that vision of what you want to be. Well, and that's where I think you're talking, you, when you bring in talking about vibration as well, right? Like if you're, if yeah. you, if you're wanting this thing, this design firm, but your vibration isn't there, how are you going to bring that into, how are you going to create that and bring that into reality? Yeah. Exactly. It's not going to happen. But you can, there's ways you can do that, right? right. Well, so- you can, but you have to pay attention to what yeah. those blocks are, to what you're saying. So you can then create that and make that happen. Absolutely. You have to find your way through recognizing the blocks, find your way through them so you can blow past and really just shine your infinite potential, which we all have. Well, Erica, if people are interested in your teachings, in your readings, where can they find you? Because I know my listeners will want to. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing me with your, thank you for sharing your listeners with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And you're with them. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, so you can follow me on Instagram, just like anyone else at spiritual (laughs) medium, Erica with a K. And then I have my website, ericagabriel.com. And I have my podcast, You Are Not Alone, which is on Apple and Spotify and all the things. And um, my course is coming out on February 7th. So if something struck your liking uh, about the course, but either way, follow me on Instagram because I go on there and I share a lot of things on there as well. So if you just want to connect with me that way, that's great too. And is your course, because this podcast will drop right after, is your course evergreen so people can start at any time? Yes. So I did a course once that wasn't like that. And this is going to be so special because not only can you start it whenever you want, but you have it for the rest of your life. So these are tools that you can keep using. Like I always tell people when you go to Home Depot and you buy a hammer, you don't just use it once and then throw it away, right? It's a tool. It's meant to be used over and over again. So you can use it for the rest of your life. Well, Erica, thank you so much for your time and for bringing this light and this work in in a way that is so has so much integrity. I I'm so grateful for that. And for you just allowing people the opportunity to connect to themselves and to their loved ones and to heal. It's so needed right now in this world. So thank you. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for having me really like what you heard today and want to hear more wondering what comes next and what it all means. Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.